The time will come when the human race will have to face itself in the mirror and decide what it is to be human. They will have to make a choice. They will face their greatest enemy, an enemy that stops at nothing, listens to no one. They will have to fight for their survival. Nothing is beyond its depraved and immoral intention. It takes many forms. It kills, maims and destroys without remorse. It cannot be understood. It cannot be reasoned with. It cannot be defeated when it is fought head-on in the battlefield. It seeps and writhes its way through society, leaving husks of humanity where once there were people. Men, women, children, all are prey to it. But in the future, the people of the world state that enough is enough. If blood is to be spilled, then it has to be worth the sacrifice. It has to be with the intention of the total and utter extermination of the enemy. All means, laws, powers and weaponry are at their disposal. Nothing must stand in their way. They are the saviors of the human race. They are the destroyers of the enemy. They are the Faith Seekers. The Faith Seekers by Greg James. Available now on Amazon and Lulu, paperback or ebook. Download it now. There are a thousand ways to die, and the faith seekers know them all. Welcome to Doctor Who on Target. Podcast where we discuss the target range of classic Doctor Who novelizations from the 1970s and 80s. Those long ago days where, if you missed Doctor Who on TV, you missed it forever. Unless, of course, you bought the target novelization. So, join us, jump aboard the TARDIS, set the time rotor for late 20th century Earth, and with a wheezing, groaning sound, We'll discuss Doctor Who on Target. Hello and welcome to Doctor Who on Target. This is David in Cardiff. And this is Greg in Cardiff. How have we ended up in Cardiff? I've no idea. (laughs) What? What's that huge blue... That huge blue aircraft hangary thing in oh. the distance. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we've only gone and done it again, haven't we? We've ended up at... The Doctor Who Experience. Oh, dear. Well, we couldn't resist it, <laughs> could we? David is in Cardiff. I came to Cardiff. We naturally headed for the Doctor Who Experience. So. And very good it was, too. Yeah, they've, they've actually had some lovely new... Um, New exhibits in, haven't they? They have, yes. The season 10 stuff was looking really good. Lovely. At the end, we saw the Cybermen from the season finale, didn't we? We saw a monk, but we tried not to look at that. We saw... What else did we see? We saw... Well, they they weren't just the um, the 10th the planet style Cybermen, they were the... Um, they were the Mondasian. The Mondasian Cybermen, Cybermen. sorry. We saw... 
Oh, the, the um, Empress of Mars. We did, the, the Empress and her underling, and we also saw the steampunk spacesuit, which oh, I yes. quite like. But the yeah. real reason we went in was to see the Yeti. Oh! I'd, and I tell you, that Yeti scares because it cares. I was terrified. <laughs> so if you haven't been yet, you've got a couple more weeks, Yeah. and we highly recommend the oh. Doctor Who experience. But we're not talking about that today, are we, Greg? No, we're going to be talking in a minute about... Vincent and the Doctor. Absolutely. And we're going to be hoping that you will watch the episode with us. We're going to be watching it and commenting. And um, But before that, we would like to just give some... Mm. We've had some absolutely fabulous feedback, David, haven't we? We have indeed, yes. I've got one here in front of me from Joanne in Australia who tells us that she absolutely loves our podcast. And although she wasn't around to buy the Target books when they first came out, she's always had a soft spot for these and buys them from library sales and, uh, where else does she say, and second-hand bookshops. She's described our podcast as warm and funny and that we really bring the books alive and that our knowledge on the show and unabided love for it shines through. Oh, that is fabulous. That's... And yes, we're, we're absolutely delighted with that. Yeah, that's really... We're not impartial, but we agree with every word of that. <laughs> and Greg, you've had some too. Yes, yeah. Also, um, David in New Zealand has given us some uh, really detailed feedback, actually, about um, a couple of our last episodes, um, about the Highlanders, and also about dinosaurs on a spaceship. And he says about our Highlanders episode, Excellent episode, guys, and well done getting so much meat out of what has always been a bit of a gap in the archive and the fan consciousness. Shades of enemy of the world, anyone, he says. Mm, Very interesting. I wonder if it really will be that lost classic. We've also had some comments from David about um, dinosaurs on a spaceship. And he says some really fascinating points you've made here. You're right about there should be more stories like dinosaurs on a spaceship for the children. It's so important to have that shared experience with them. And um, I think we both really agree with him with that. Because uh, after all, you know, we mustn't be selfish. Doctor Who isn't just for us old fogies. It's for every member of the family. We're all queued up, ready to go. So if you want to watch with us... I'll give you a countdown. Three, two, one, go. Ah, now immediately we've got this beautiful scene of the of the wheat field. That's the wheat field, isn't it? Yes, to Oh, and uh, we've got some rustling through the wheat, and of course this was there up there go the crows, and then we pan straight over to one of Van Gogh's last paintings, and was... which is called Wheatfield. I don't know what it's called, wheat filled with crows? Oh, well, what was the one we, we saw today? Oh, that was about the rain, wasn't it? Yes. Because we've been to the Museum of Cardiff today and we've actually looked at an original Van Gogh picture. Yeah. And to was... inspire us and it's almost worked. Yeah, and it was really strange because we had a bit of temporal distortion and we, we walked out and we realised we were actually in the... Where was it? Well, well, this is, well, yes, Musée d'Orsay is where the scene is playing out, at least we think it is, but it's actually, is it the museum, the uh, National Museum of Wales? That's it, yes, yeah, in Cardiff, that's right. Yes. 
So I, the thing I've never, I haven't seen this since the original transmission. And no. No, we've got this scene here where they're in the museum and uh, looking at the Van Gogh paintings. Now I was shocked because you've got you've got Richard Curtis, you've got Bill Nye, um, all these um, star top star names in this opening episode, and it's a bit. It's just fantastic. Bill mm. Nye, he's lovely doing this, isn't he? Do you mm, think? He is indeed, and he's, he's uncredited as well. He doesn't get a credit on the end, doesn't he? No, Gosh, no, he doesn't. That's incredible. But uh, the doctor's taken Amy to this art gallery as a treat mm. because she doesn't realise because she's forgotten. But in the previous episode, Rory got swallowed by that uh, crack. Oh. That was the story arc in season five. Of course. So yes. she's now single and available. Mm. And uh, there is a bit of a love interest later, but we'll wait to get to that. Yes. Now, what did we say this was? The Graphasis. Graphasis, is it? Graphasis. Yes. And he's now in the picture of the church. Yes. And the doctor is saying that he knows evil when he sees it. And he's going to find out what, when the painting was made... So he can set the TARDIS to go back and uh, resolve what he's seen in the painting, which is the alien creature. Yes, yeah. It's it's a lovely scene, and um, I, I rather like the fact, you know, we always say about Doctor Who is meant to be educational as well. Mm -hmm. Well, this engaging um, people with Van Gogh, it's a wonderful way mm -hmm. to look at, um, you know, it's a great story. It's mm. um, a wonderful introduction to Vincent van Gogh, but also this issue of that we're going to be coming across mental health or, as it's, mm. as it's said in those times, is mentioned madness, isn't mm. it? It's, it's, madness, yes. It's a big subject for Doctor Who mm. to cover. But is. I have that... We don't quite know what it's called. If it is called Wheatfield with Crows... I have actually seen that painting, Greg. I don't know if you know oh. this, because in my younger days, I was dragged to most museums throughout Europe and made to look at paintings. And one of the ones that we went to was the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Wow. So I've seen quite a bit. I've seen quite a bit of Picasso as well, quite a bit of Dali, and, of course, quite a few of the original Vincent van Gogh paintings. Gosh, that's fabulous. I haven't, uh, I, I haven't been as lucky to have seen as many as that. But um, well, look at the opening of this. The, the filming mm. here. I don't know where they filmed this, but Croatia. Some, it was Croatia, yeah. was it? Well, I will say something that struck me about this story was the filming of it was very painterly, wasn't it? You know, it mm. was. Uh, I love the light and the shadows and the way. You know, you have these reflections upon these glistening mm. stones. And Amy's just got her museum guide out and has had a look at the cafe where Van Gogh is likely to hang out. Yeah. And look, the art department have gone and converted a building to make it look exactly as it appears in the museum catalogue. And it looks great, And it looks it? great. It looks like a 3D painting now. Yeah. I love the little, uh, the little two... Um, waitresses here sort of there sort of uh, mm. they've, they've all got very um regional accents haven't they they have yes, they, they don't yeah. sound french to me any oh. of them oh no no <laughs> i don't think there's any french but no. in fact they make a joke of that don't they because when van gogh actually appears and he hears amy speak yes he hears amy speak he says oh you're dutch like me 
Yes, of course. And of course, he sounds yeah. totally Scottish. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> ah, oh. this, this is establishing Van Gogh as a very proud man who won't accept charity. Mm. So the doctors offered to buy his drink or to sell him the painting so he can buy it. Yes. But yeah. he's only got eyes for Amy. It's as I say, she's single. She's on the market. Yeah. He senses it. Yes. Yeah. And he considers her cute. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if um, it struck me when he used the word cute. I don't know if that worked actually. Does that does that work for you? That word cute. Well, this is eighteen ninety, isn't it? This is mm. set. I don't know if the word cute existed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a bit of Tardis translation. There, might be a it? yes. It might be from very loosely translated from the original Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I, if they're I, even speaking Dutch, they might be speaking French, but yes. they're, all, they're all understanding each other, which is the main thing. Yes. Might yes. be speaking Croatian, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, seeing this again, um, Matt Smith's first season, Amy and the Doctor look so young, don't they? They do look young, don't they? Really fresh-faced, and, mm. and there's a close-up, um, I think it might be around here, of Amy, where she's... Uh, a full close-up of her face, and she's so young and rounded with big, huge eyes, and uh, right. it looks great. We have to remember this was made in 2010. Yeah. So yeah. a good seven years ago now. Gosh. But, um... Oh, yes, you see, Amy's beginning to get infatuated. She's falling under his spell. Yes. She's got a bottle of wine for them to share, which is always good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And Van Gogh's been very self-depreciating, isn't he? Saying his own work is awful. He is, and I think I think that's meant to indicate, you know, the the standards that he set in himself. Right. That he can't achieve what he would see as being good to us mere mortals. You right. Know, it, it's right. incredible, but to him, it's like mm, it's all right. Oh, it's, well, it's not even all right. It's no. unsaleable. Yes. In yeah. his universe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and he's got to paint the church. So the doctor's asking him about any plans to paint any churchy pictures oh. anytime soon, because they need to go and find this alien. What, what do you think of this alien story, David? The, the alien. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, well just to talk about the story more generally. It's a very simplistic story, isn't it? It could simply be. It's a very character-driven story, and you don't often mm. get that in Doctor Who. Yeah. I think because it's from a writer from uh, a different sort of writer, a non-science fiction writer. Yes. Yeah. So yes, you've got the. You know, you've got almost got the monster just giving them the reason to be there. But it's it's basically a story about Amy and the Doctor spending some time with Van Gogh and attempting to save him from himself, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So it's it's all character-driven. It's all about human relationships. Yeah. And the fact that we've got this monster... Yeah. ...is yeah. by the by, really. Yes. Although it does actually, when we get to it, it does actually bring up quite a good moral dilemma for the painter so we'll we'll discuss that later i'm sure it it does we we have this i mean because of course matt smith's doctor said at the beginning i recognize evil when i see it but mm. it it turns out as we'll see in the end that maybe he hasn't recognized it for what it is really no and perhaps you know perhaps the people of southern france don't recognize van gogh for what he is and certainly in the modern day in the art gallery nobody recognised him for what he was. No, absolutely. Or his genius. Yeah. 
I don't like the way the villagers sort of turned on Van Gogh there because they're, they're discovering the body now of the young girl, called mm. Giselle or something like that. Yes. I'm not sure. Um, mm. And all of a sudden, the villagers are sort of tempted to throw stones at him, aren't they? Yeah. Well, actually, this isn't the bit with the murder. This is the bit where they're taken home to Van Gogh's actual pad. Yeah. And it looks like something out of his painting, what you said about the painterly nature. Mm. Mm. It's, be it's beautifully done, these scenes. I have to say, the scenes in uh, Croatia and the scenes with the interiors here are absolutely gorgeous, though I will say there is a bit of a contrast with the filming in the, the church scenes later and some mm. of the other scenes, which uh, I don't know if the grading of the picture mm. matches. It, it stuck out to me as being not quite of the same quality. Right. Oh, look, he's put a... He's been so lackadaisical with his coffee pot, he's gone and made a coffee ring on one of his priceless works of art. <laughs> That's the, I mean, the peril in this story is mainly to his art, isn't it? Yes. It's the fact that he doesn't value it. Yes. And everyone yeah. else is in fear for it. Yes. Yeah. And that's a recurring joke in the whole piece. Yes. Mm. I, I think, though, with the... You know, we, we've had this, this woman who's been murdered, and, like you said, they've turned the stones on him. They started stoning him. Mm. But I think that's the sort of... It brings up this issue of people who are, might be suffering from mental health issues. And we've had this period in time where people automatically, out of fear, turned... Mm. To them to blame them it could have been anything that they mm -hmm. they've caused this their madness has done mm -hmm. that whereas of course what's happened to this girl has got no relation to him whatsoever no he's just convenient isn't he yes a yeah. bogeyman to blame yeah absolutely absolutely mm. wow mm. this look this is a great scene david isn't it where van gogh is getting enraptured by his painting mm. his unique grasp of color but now Amy's been attacked. Yes. By the Grafasis. And I didn't laugh at the Amy being attacked. I laughed at the, the cup of chamomile tea. Oh uh, yes, that will calm him down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and of course, any Van Gogh can see it. Yes. But we can see it, so we're obviously suffering from the same madness in inverted commas because mm. they show it to us. Yeah. I, we can't see it yet because we've not had the reveal. Yes. But the doctor gets thrown around. He gets swished with the tail. Mm. We can't see it yet because the big reveal isn't happening. But they're having to save Amy from the monster. It's a nice little action-packed scene, isn't it? It is. Because you think, I mean, on the face of it, this is an act of madness. Yeah. Because there's nothing there. And it's only when the tail whops Matt Smith... Yes. ...that you think, oh, no, it's actually not a product of his imagination. There is something physically... A physical threat there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So the doctor's now joining in with his own stick, like some sort of young ninja being thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sort of joining in. Yeah. Gosh. Oh dear. It's bit oh some nasty swinging of the stick. Going well, it's on a bit there. random. Whereas the painter's movements are far more accurate, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Gosh, this is a long scene, actually, this attack. It is. But I suppose it's important to the plot mm. because it's the first glimpse. It's like the shark fin breaking the surface. It's the first time we're getting the feeling that there is an unseen threat. Yes. Yeah. 
absolutely. Have you got a, a note there on, on this at all? Well, I mean, I, as I've said, you know, um, I did it quite a few times, you know, but the, the beautiful composition of the scenes, you know, where uh, we have... Uh, oh, he's oh. destroying his own painting. He's going to draw That's the, the graphasis. Isn't that the fourth one? Can you imagine doing a Syrian Van Gogh painting? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but of course, this leads to a, a great bit of comedy. Sorry, you were saying... No, I was just saying about the beautiful composition of the scenes that they clearly put a lot of work in it to give this lovely colouring in the in the you know in the rooms and mm. so forth. I, I do think it looks gorgeous, you know, and I think um, the actor playing uh, Vincent, mm. what's his name, David? Right. His name? Oh, I don't know. His no, name. I, I can't remember. It's, it's not Kurt way. Douglas, though. I know that. No. <laughs> But I think he plays him very well, doesn't he? He's very good. Yeah. In yeah. fact, it's 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 just as well he's not an instantly recognisable household name, because mm. I think that sells the illusion. Yes. That yeah. it is actually Vincent that you're seeing. Yeah. He's very very good. He's got that intensity. He's got that slight, um, um, slight, not quite in the same room as you quality. Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, I really like that. He does look a lot like Kirk Douglas in. Lust for life. Yes, yeah. An awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith's out again, you know, he's creeping behind the back of this cottage and... Uh... Doesn't he need... To, he needs to get back to the TARDIS, doesn't he? Because he needs to go and get some kit. Yes. And he's being stalked by the monster, but he's made it, he's fine, he's opening the door. Oh. Ah, now we're back in the TARDIS interior. Look at this. It's we... really steampunk, isn't it, all of this? Look at it. Do you know, David, when I first saw this, first time I've seen this TARDIS since um, it was originally on TV, it is really steampunk, isn't mm. it? It's... it's even got smoke rising from the floor, from yeah. the grills. Oh, quarter-inch phono adapter going in there to make his machine work. <laughs> and a bit of a callback now because the, the machine recognises Matt Smith, but it actually pumps out pictures of William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton. Lovely touch. When it, when it recognises him. <laughs> so that was a nice touch. But now he's showing it the painting of the Graphasis. Graphasis? Graphasis, that's it. And it's given him a parrot. <laughs> it's given him some sort of wolf-stroke polar bear. And this is a great line, David, he gives him, <laughs> isn't it? That would never have happened with Gainsborough. Or one of those... One of those proper painters. Sorry, Vincent. <laughs> That's great. I did You just have to draw something better. <laughs> I did like that. It looks like a rear-view mirror that he's got there. Oh, there's oh, the chicken. There it is. That's the first look at the... But you said something interesting earlier, because you, when we said graphasis, you said, oh, that's derived from the word griffin. Yeah, that sort of dragon bird yeah. feature, isn't it? Of yeah. course it's derived from a griffin. Yeah, yeah. Taking me all this time to realise. Yeah. Mm. Well, but uh, you see, you're easily fooled, though. It is very chicken-like, David. <laughs> <laughs> but again, he thinks that the machine has finally processed the information of the sketch. Yes. But what he's actually seeing is what's behind him and invisible. Yeah. And this is really interesting, because I love this little machine he's using. got the big lolloping graphesis coming after him mm. down there, and the narrow cobbled streets, um, bikes falling everywhere. Mm. But I, I, I notice I've written madcap, zany, sort of mad professor type doctor, mm -hmm. isn't it? You know, and 
he, I think he was a bit more madcap in the first season than he was later on. Do you think? Do you think he calmed down? Yeah. Yeah, I think it became, uh, you, you know, a little bit more measured. I mm. think. Well, all actors have to grow into the role, but um, mm. you know, even one of the greats like Patrick Troughton, yes. as we learnt last podcast, absolutely was you know went through a. Uh, sort of a trial and error period went through an experimental phase yes yes he did I, I love the little piece where they scared each other around the corner with the screen they scared each other yes <laughs> oh look at that that's a beautiful scene of the is that a painting it's copying there of him in his bedroom well I'm sure he did paint his own bedroom but the chair that the famous painting of the pipe and chair. Oh, yes. Because yeah. that chair is used as a weapon later, isn't it? Of course it When is. they're trying to fight the beast. Oh. And she's, you see, she's tried to give him some positive vibes. Amy has filled his yard with sunflowers. And a chicken. And a chicken. <laughs> Which made me think when I first saw it, amongst the beauty and the lovely friendliness walks that terrifying chicken. <laughs> so but, there... Yeah, but chickens, you know, they might calm him. Yes, yeah. You yeah. know, they're, they're, they're not particularly threatening, but they are mm. when they morph into griffins. Yeah, exactly. But look at the scenery with all the, um, the sunflowers, isn't it beautiful? And lots of reflected yellow lights as well. Oh, yes. And I have to say, Amy was sitting there amongst those with her beautiful red hair and the yellow light thrown across her, the warmth of that... That was a southern French sun, mm. would it be? And um, mm. just looked lovely, really so nice. I'm calling it the Grafeus now because I notice it doesn't have that additional S. Oh, is it the Grafeus? The Grafeus? Oh. oh, it's a Grafeus. Grafeus. Oh, it's not going to catch on that, is it? It's too no. difficult to say. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, well, David, looking at the sense of madness, what do you have to say? about this we, we've got some scenes now where they're going to be coming mm. up what, what do you feel well about yes because van gogh has a breakdown doesn't he mm. he's he's yes he's sort of bipolar isn't he he's high as a kite or down in the dumps mm. he's very changeable yeah yeah and i guess that's how it affects people yeah he's um yes he he, he goes from having extreme hope to having extreme despair and it's beautifully done. And it is beautifully done. And yeah. the torment of the man is there for all to see. Yeah. And I like the fact that he comes across in this story as, you know, a very um, strong man, an independent man. And yet we come into that scene. So, so, yeah. He's crying on his bed. So fragile. Absolutely. Yeah. That is it. Fra mm. Fragility sort of mm. shown like that. So, so Vincent's been totally up for hunting the monster the night before. Mm. And now they visit, the doctor visits him in his room and he finds him sobbing. Oh. And flat on his front, weeping on his bed. Yeah. Into his bed linen. It's so sad, isn't it? And they, the doctor's already explained to Amy that their strategy is very, very risky because if they get Van Gogh killed, yes. then the paintings at the Musée d'Orsay vanish. Yeah. Accordingly. Gosh. You do and not the, and the doctor's very sensitive. Mm. Look at look at his face here. It's mm. so, as you say, the fragile, the paleness, the puffiness mm. of it. You can see is that the tussled hair. It looks like he's been crying all night. It's very, it's very good. 
Actually, Matt Smith's increasingly looking to me like a young Bill Nye in this scene. <laughs> yeah, he is, actually. <laughs> and they've both got bow ties, because yeah. bow ties are cool. Absolutely, bow ties <laughs> are cool. But he, he snaps out of it. Ever He says these, these moods can go on for months. Yeah. Van yeah. Gogh, he's absolutely... The scene, a scene of hopelessness at the moment. Mm. And then all of a sudden he perks up. Yeah. And he's back on the job. I mean, what would that condition be? Would, was it, is that manic depression or is it, what do they call it now? It's, what um, do you call it now? Um, well, I thought that was, I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I imagine it's something like bipolar. Is that the same oh, thing when, yes. you're, when, yeah. you're, when you exist between two states, but you don't have any middle course? I think, I think that's it, yes, bipolar. Mm, that might be a new name for manic yeah. depression, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I loved the line when, when the doctor was waiting. I thought this was such a great bit of writing here from Richard Curtis. But the doctor says about uh, when he's bored waiting. And he mm. says, oh, this is how time normally passes, slowly and in the right order. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. That's true. He says something else as well towards the end. It says he he makes a vow only to use the sonic screwdriver for driving screws yeah. <laughs> from now on, and he didn't stick to that either. He didn't, he didn't, no. And now it's almost as if they're out on a picnic, because they're going off to paint the church. Yeah. And Vincent seems to have made a remarkable recovery, and he's flirting with Amy by the looks of things. Yes, yes. But of course, Amy tells him that she's not the marrying kind. Mm. Yes, but of course she was. But Rory's been erased from time. Yes. Briefly. Everyone knows, you know, he comes back. Well, this is one of the problems I think we've had, you know, during the Stephen Moffat era, was people never dying properly, <laughs> wasn't it? You know, it's, uh, they die, they come back, they die, they come back. Mm. They die, they didn't die, they came back and they mm. lived, and then they died afterwards. Oh, dear, mm. dear. He's just mentioned uh, his smelly godmother again, <laughs> because she gave him the machine... Mm. The recognition machine, probably for Christmas. Yes. And, you know, she's brilliant, but she's smelly and she has two heads. <laughs> I mean, what's that all about? No idea, but I it's love just, it. It's yeah. just silliness, isn't it, really? It, it is. And now the young girl who's been murdered in a previous scene mm. is coming past in her coffin adorned in sunflowers. A rough-hewn coffin as mm, well. It was, it was, yeah. a, yes. It, do you know, the again, these scenes, they can make a beautiful painting themselves but they give me a sense of as well of maybe mm. of, of uh, those old oh no this is what i mean by the sudden chain now we have the oh church. yes yes you're absolutely right all of a sudden the gradings change yeah it's this is clearly not in uh, uh you know the beautiful sunlight the different mm. uh, countryside we just had mm. it's duller and gray and drab mm. might be whales could um, be whales um <laughs> but it's it's greener, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> That's because of the rain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but can you see there's a sharp contrast in this, mm. and I, I found it a bit mm. jarring, you know. Right. And if you watch the gradient, I think they're different cameras, because the quality of these cameras, there's a lot of uh, noise, they call it, isn't it? What's the right. digital noise? Right. I don't know, it's just watching it last night, it struck me as, uh, oh, dear, mm. there's a difference here. Mm. Now, the doctor's giving Van Gogh tips on how to paint, mm. just as he gave Picasso tips to say it's one eye on each side of the nose. 
<laughs> I love that. And he's, yeah, he's giving him a master class. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel who didn't like heights. Well, you knew it was high when you took the job. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever he said. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? I, I really love... Uh, and we've gone from day to night very, very rapidly. But Vincent has painted that picture pretty rapidly. Yeah. Because the next time you see it, he's almost done. He's he was just splashing on the blue sky. Yeah. Not 30 seconds ago. This is, yeah, it's uh, a little bit jarring with the editing, I think, yeah. But it, it does, it changes from day to night extremely quickly, and then I guess back again. I yeah. don't know why. No. It's uh, it's almost like a day for night filter they've got on you, mm. isn't it? It's not, I don't know mm. why it's he's armed with a screwdriver and a lot of confidence. <laughs> he's going in alone. So he's going into the church to face the chicken monster. Yes. And he's yes. saying, whatever you do, do not follow me. And the first doctor used to say things now, whatever you do, do not follow me. And they always used to, and they always used to end up in all sorts of trouble. It was a standard mm. Doctor Who device. They'd always yeah. find a reason to follow him. Yeah. And that's when things started to really go wrong. But... You know, invariably because he was in trouble. Joe, you stay in the TARDIS. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go and sort this. <laughs> now you wait yeah. here. Yeah. Oh dear. He's got his wing machine back out now. It's um, it's not very uh, compact, is it? No, it's not very it's compact. Very, very um, retro technology. Mm. Now, nice little bit they focused here on the entrance to the church, which is George slaying the dragon, or... Mm. Um, which I'm guessing is a sort of you know, indicator of what a precursor maybe of mm. what's going to happen. Well, I noticed when Van Gogh set his easel up, yeah. they made a point of doing a close-up on the point of the easel penetrating the earth oh. to, to remind you the fact that it's actually moored in the ground because, of yeah. course, that becomes of significance towards the end of the episode. Very good. Yeah. But you wouldn't actually yeah. have picked up on the significance of that on a first viewing, would you? No, I don't think you would have. No. no. Absolutely. Yeah. So It's going to be the weapon which... which. Uh... Well, the Sonic actually doesn't work this time, does it? He actually no. tries a lot of settings yeah. and it doesn't save him. No. Which is how it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. We've got this. Can you see the painting's um, far more done now? Yes, yeah. He's a quick worker. He is a quick worker, but then I guess we've seen several hours compressed because, as I say, it's gone mm. to night. Yeah. A night yeah. scene. I suppose an invisible monster works best in darkness. Yes. Hmm. That's priceless, and he's going to leave it outside the church. <laughs> he's taken his chair from the pipe and chair picture, I think, or has he? Has he just taken. I know he uses it later. Mm. Gosh, now, ah. Oh, they go into the confessional boxes now, don't oh, they? Oh, yes, yes. And because the monster is working on sound, yeah. it knows exactly where they are. Yes, of course. I su expect this was just so they could do the shadowy lattice yeah. thing here. It's okay, but I don't know if it... Um... It's effective, David, or...? Well, they, well, it's it's an odd place. Well, I suppose it's a natural place to hide in church, but it's the first place the monster's going to look. But then, mm. of course, the monster isn't looking. The monster's running on... Yes. ...no vision. Yeah. It's trapped. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. I think, um... <laughs> he's, 
stuck his head in the curtain to try and stop him <laughs> from being seen. He's got these lovely little touches, Matt. Well, you, yes, yeah. you said it, you've compared him to Patrick Troughton last time, yeah. or recently anyway. Yes. And, yeah. and he, he does have that sort of bumbling efficiency yes. of the second Doctor about him. You do. Oh, we've got a full view oh, of God, the... Now, Yes, Crefaces. What is this yes. called? Crefaces. I wish I knew. <laughs> chicken monster. <laughs> the chicken monster. But now Vincent's like a lion tamer. is holding it off with his chair. Yeah. And, uh, oh, they're drawing it out because for some reason they couldn't keep it in the church. I'm not quite sure why. Oh. I suppose because they've got to get to, over to where the easel is. Right. Oh, he's oh. got his left and his right mixed up. Yeah. And you see, again... I, I assume Time Lords are extremely robust because the Doctor keeps getting swished mm. with tails or claws or whatever's going. Yes. And it keeps being sent flying and smashing into walls. I think that's about the fourth time now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, up in the air. But again, that's quite a comic bit of violence. It's slapstick, isn't yes. it? It's not yeah. violence with consequence or that is seen to hurt. Yes. And now, again, the Doctor's just mistaken Vincent for Rory and Amy is asking who Rory is because of course yeah. he's been erased yes briefly yeah <laughs> <laughs> because people don't really stay to, oh hang on they do don't they <laughs> of course they do but not in Stephen Moffat's mm. universe no no yes so the monster's back in the church now is that right no he's oh. well I think they've got him trapped in a in a room without an exit oh well, the, the doctor's trying to reason with him, and they're going to go in, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So so he's trying to explain that he can take him home, because, of course, he's been abandoned. Yeah. It turns out he's been abandoned because he's no use to the pack, because he's awful. blind. It's not awful, so they've left him behind on Earth. Oh, that wouldn't happen. We've also got a third member of the Doctor who on target team watching mm. this with us. We've got Jack the dog here. And yes, uh, he's... I'd yes, he's finding it quite soporific, isn't he? Gosh, I don't know what um, they would think. He would think of the pack leaving someone behind. Like no, that. I know that's yeah. it's cruel, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So now, Vincent has adopted his easel as the weapon of choice. Mm. Which, as that's we know, has got spikes on it. It is. Is that the chair from the room that he painted? Or is it well, different? He famously paints a pipe on a chair. So if you Google Van Gogh pipe and chair, right. that's that sort of wickery chair is exactly what you see, but in right. very orangey, browny tones. Oh, I thought yeah, it's so. It's a very famous painting. So yeah. it's a sort of an in-joke. So there are many in-jokes in this, particularly around the art and as I said the peril the art is placed in yes yeah and the fact that it's valueless and everybody knows that it isn't I, it just struck me that it's quite symbolic really that chair as well isn't it because mm. he's he's using it to fight this invisible monster mm. and is the invisible monster meant to indicate the depression see, I think yes yes no, absolutely the, yes the demon you can't see yeah but there is there there the monster actually charged him yeah. and technically impaled itself. Yes, yeah. Although it's impossible to see how it would have ended happily, this situation. So now Vincent is racked with guilt because he didn't intend its death. He said just to injure it. He just it. wanted to wound it. 
I, I actually found this quite touching last night when I watched mm. it. Uh, mm. Well, yes, it's um, they didn't intend it, but I don't know how they were going to actually get it into the TARDIS and home. Mm. Because it was causing a killing spree, wasn't it? Yeah. And something needed to be done. Yeah. yeah. And now there's some pretend mime stroking of the monster. Yeah. Trying to soothe its passage out of this world into the next. Oh, which is lovely. It's very touching, it's isn't it? It's very touching. Because the yeah. monster actually says that it's scared. Yeah. Yeah, and the doctor seeks to comfort it. He yeah. was frightened, yeah. Very good. And he lashed out like, this is mm. Vincent speaking. Yeah. And and yes, I suppose the, the parallel is there for all to see. Vincent, uh, Vincent van Gogh has been, is the pariah, he's the monster. Mm. He's the outsider. Yeah. He's all of those things by virtue of his genius and by virtue of his illness. Yes. Yeah. Mm. But you actually, I mean, one thing I noticed when I watched this is that the actual bulk of the story is over in about 36 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got this extended coda, mm. which we've now entered. Firstly, they do a bit of stargazing. Perseid meteor showers, maybe over the... And they, yeah. you get to see this the sky, how Vincent sees the sky. Which is a wonderful... Which is swirly and blue. It's marvellous, isn't it's it? It's good, that isn't it? Bit. Yeah, I love that bit. Mm. I thought it was quite magical when I It is magical. It. Yeah. Because they're looking at basically a very, well, just a naturalistic sort of nightscape, aren't they? And, mm. and then Vince, you see it through Vincent's eyes and everything coalesces into shape. It's this shot now that we're seeing, oh. everything becomes more intense and brighter, yeah. more impressionistic, swirls. It's great. Mm. And this is the back sort of backdrop that you... Because one thing I noticed, we, we saw that this is what you get from seeing an actual picture that you don't get from a, a, a flat picture. You get to see the textures of the paint. Yes. Yeah. And even though the one today was behind glass because mm. it was so valuable, mm. you've still got to see the textures and the layering yes. of the paintwork you did. You did. and how it's built up. Yeah. And as I said to you earlier, the thing that really thrills me about seeing a painting is that you're in exactly the same proximity as the original artist. Mm. So you're essentially shadowing them. You're, yes. you're in their footsteps. Yeah. And that's quite thrilling, actually, to think that... Well, he's only Victorian, isn't it? 1890, yeah, so it is, yeah. not that long ago. It's, it's what been, America yeah. would consider ancient history. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. uh, for, on, on a European scale, yeah, doesn't seen that long ago at all. No, almost Edwardian, another 10 mm. years or so. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and once again, we, we've gone back to this beautiful light again. I mean, mm. It seems like a change of... Mm. The gradient is quite... Quite a contrast, mm. isn't it? But here, you see, this is the scene that I had a problem with because Amy is essentially being offered the chance to save him, oh. but she can't compromise what she wants, or is it correct that she should seek to save him? Yes. He feels that with her support, he can work his way through this mm. and with their support. So in many ways, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a taste of honey because he's had acceptance for a few days and now it's going to be taken away again yeah. I know not exactly because they're about to pick him up again yeah but he gets this enormously positive experience mm. 
so he's up on a high, but then he must crash back down. I know yeah. it's a fantasy. I know it's didn't happen any of this. Yeah, with the doctor's involvement, and yes, and Croatia's doing very well still with these little alleys, and the yeah. TARDIS is now covered in posters. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Straight. And there's a nice little bit with the posters because when it lands in Paris, they've all burnt off. They have. So yes. travelling through. The space-time vortex has sort of incinerated them yes, all. Yes, yeah, I love that. Oh, and he's uh, Vincent has walked into the TARDIS, and there's, mm. there's the incredulity. Back out he comes, looking around. his head out. <laughs> Check checks all out. three sides. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hmm. Back in. Yes, because this is a standing joke, isn't it? When anyone sees a TARDIS, they want to know how it, has it been knocked through. That was Bill's. Bill's idea, but she said it looked like a kitchen, which she didn't like. Yes, that's right. That's this right. one, this isn't a proper 360 degree set. This one that we're no. looking at now, is it? No, not not the one that we have these days. Mm. The, mm. The, the one that's actually behind us, although it's been dismantled, because <laughs> we've actually got BBC Wales at our backs at the moment. So in there somewhere is the Doctor Who set. Absolutely, Studio and they probably as I say they're probably putting the plywood, and they're probably. They're probably giving it quite feminine touches, the new console room. They could well what do be. do you think? They could well be, yes, yeah. Probably be more floral. <laughs> oh, he less doesn't steam, mean that. He doesn't mean that. <laughs> less steampunk and, yeah. you know, more pastely. I don't know. There we are. There's oh. the bit with the posters all being burnt. Now, I don't, I'm not quite sure what the exterior here is, but I'm assuming it genuinely isn't Musée d'Orsay, or is it? Mm. Or perhaps it's green screen and they've just popped a... A photo of it there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's so long since I visited. But Musée d'Orsay is a converted railway station. And I think what they've done is they've matted the roof or a similar looking roof. Oh, ah, the Gorgon's Head. Yes. We've just had, we went past this statue earlier today. Yes. So yeah. that was the correct staircase yep. that we went up. It was. So I said we stood in the same place as Vincent, but we actually... Even better, stood in the same place as Matt Smith. Actually, we did. And actually, looking at this now, David, I think this is the art gallery section, Nick. Mm. And they've just put it out in, in Vincent van Gogh, mm. Mm. I think. Yes, they've they've swapped a few paintings. Yeah. But yes, I'm not quite sure where this, no, this bit is. But it's, it's definitely the National Museum of Wales, because mm. we know that. Yeah. And I can't understand why Bill Nye doesn't recognise him. No. I know he does a double take, and I suppose it's not who you'd expect to see. 110 years mm, later, after they've yeah. died, yeah, he wouldn't... <laughs> he wouldn't expect it, but this is the magic of the programme. You wouldn't expect someone to be dressed up like a hero, would you? No. Sort of, uh, we don't see that sort of thing. Here comes you know. Dr Black to give his uh, assessment of Vincent so he can overhear it. Ah, even bigger bow tie today. Oh, Very nice. Obviously is. Another uh, cracker, says the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> in a hundred words, describe Van Gogh oh. in the history of art. And he's listening with his back to him there. Mm. Eavesdropping. Mm. So I can't forgive Bill Nye for playing Sergeant Wilson in that terrible Dad's Army film. Oh, did you not like it? Oh, oh dear. I loved it. You loved the Dan yeah, Tarby film? I did, yeah. The one yeah. with um, Toby Jones? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, uh, did. Yeah. I, I felt that it was um, 
but I felt that it was unnecessary because the original's so magic. Mm. But I'll, okay, I'll forgive him <laughs> now. I'll forgive him for that. He does a beautiful job of this. Look, look at this. It's so emotional. Isn't yes, it? you can see his eyes are getting redder and mm. redder oh. as he's moved by the people admiring his work. It's ironic because I don't think that there are even that many Van Gogh pictures in mm. Musée d'Orsay at all. Really? Unless yeah. they've borrowed them from other galleries. Yes. And they've put yeah. them out for a special exhibition. I, I would be surprised if there's more than a handful. Mm. As I say, I think the bulk of them are in Amsterdam. Oh. I don't know. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Um, obviously, he paints more than one sunflower pot in his time. Yes. Um, you know, they only had one at the National Museum of Wales today. Oh, that's a that's a running joke about being being embraced by him. You get scratched by his beard. Amy Because Amy said yeah. that, and now Dr. Black is being apologised to because of the beard. <laughs> No, he did the double take there, didn't he? Mm. Thinking, I wonder if that was... I wonder if that was him. Yeah. And now we've got the Coda Part 3, because they're back, yeah. presumably in southern France. The weather's got a lot better. It's... And now they're bidding him farewell, and this mm. is where the trouble is really going to start. You've turned out to be the first Doctor who's improved my life. Yes. But it's not sustained. And that's a beautiful line, isn't it? I wrote that down. The first Doctor to have made a difference. Ah, says. right, made a difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this, this is Amy turning down his marriage proposal again <laughs> and then having a chat about how ginger their children would be. Uh, yes, it's quite good. Isn't it wonderful, though? It's something you would love to do for someone, isn't it? Somebody mm. who was unappreciated in their time mm. and yet has contributed so mm. much to humanity. To let them know. I mean, mm. he died without knowing, didn't he? He died mm. without any idea that anybody cared. Mm. And it'd be a wonderful thing mm. to do. Well, this is Amy's mistake. They're going back to Musée d'Orsay and she thinks it's going to be full of more paintings. Mm. But, of course, he didn't last a lot longer. No. So we're back on exactly the same staircase now with the Gorgon's head. Yes. And to her horror, they, she now learns that she didn't make any difference at all. No, no. Yeah, they're back in the Van Gogh room. And, oh dear. Oh. Is the last work of Vincent Van Gogh. Is the... Committed suicide. Committed suicide, and it's the Wheatfield Crows again. Mm. Which some art historians believe to be his last work, but I don't think it's truly known, because no records were kept of the order in which he did anything. Yeah, very ominous, those crows. Those out. crows are yeah. supposed to symbolise his black mm. mood, aren't they? Yes. And the dark sky. Very, mm. yeah. But they, the Doctor is consoling her, saying, you know, there's a good and bad pile in everyone's life, and we did, we contributed to the good pile. And it is, it's very, when you see this for the first time, it is very very moving. You mm. get ambushed by the emotions of it all. Yeah, yeah. You truly do. So I think we are, because we're coming to the end and because the painting of the church is now free of all monsters, mm, which is. means that they did make a difference, they did accomplish their mission. Mm. Mm. But there's a sadness in Amy. Oh, she walks away and we've got this lovely scene here where she's running over to the, the sunflowers is the most, mm. most famous one of them. Oh, that's right, yes, yes. the dedication. 
Yeah. On the sunflowers. Oh, look at that. Which I'm prepared to... I don't think this is true. I think they've just popped that, screwed oh. that on a painting <laughs> just for the closing shot. And it says, for Amy. Vincent, yes. Mm. Because, of course, Amy inspired him to paint sunflowers and you've got the same yellow glow now. Mm. Yeah. Has lit her face up. Nicely and done. the doctor, it's very nice. And as you say, I think... The motivation for this story, as you say, was Richard Curtis trying to right a historic wrong. Yes. Yeah. The ultimate ginge, you see, their children <laughs> would have been so ginger. <laughs> yeah. There's, it cuts back now, brighter than the sunflowers, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, their, their children. Yeah. But I love the composition again of this because we've got, it zooms out and we've got the darkness around the sunflowers which have got the golden mm. lights coming out and almost mm. you could feel the darkness mm. closing in on that mm. beautiful mm. vibrant personality that mind mm. so i thought it was quite well done mm. there and we must say actually i've just seen the credits it was tony curran who played van gogh oh, ever so well yes tony yeah. curran very very good very indeed. very good indeed mm. well I know you're a bit of an old misery when we had a look at dinosaurs on a spaceship. I was. And you were very, very harsh on it. Yes. <laughs> but we've now given you a Matt Smith that I think you can connect with. Yes. And so the question I need to ask is, what score are you going to give Vincent and the Doctor? I'm going to give it a very strong 8 out of 10. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Very so, strong. so why did it lose those two marks? I'm curious. Um, I I felt the chicken monster was a little um uh, a little superfluous. I think it right. could have. I think it took something away rather than added something. Right. I I think I would like to have seen that monster being a little less um chickeny. Chickeny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it took a little bit away from that, but. I, I, I adored the Vincent van Gogh element, which was, of course, mm. by far the most of the story. Mm. But no, mm. it was just it was just the chicken I think, monster bit. Yes, I think I can absolutely agree with you, and I'll award it 8 out of 10 myself. Oh. I think because it was such a, a different mm. episode, and such a departure, yeah. and so fresh and great to get a new writer... Lovely. Involved and a prolific, respected writer at that. So yes, eight out of ten from me too. Oh, that's excellent because uh, we 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 really enjoyed that, didn't we? We did. I hope when we get round to talking about the demons, we'll enjoy it as much. Well, absolutely, because um, we we we've hold we've held off we've, a bit. Yes, we've had to postpone it here at Doctor Who on Target HQ. We had a, I think it was a fax, wasn't it? We had a fax from our controller who said that they had a very special idea for that episode. So yes. keep listening and you'll find out. It's, we're hoping it's going to be a bit special. Please tweet us at Doctor Who on Target. That's DR Who on Target. Or email us at DoctorWhoOnTarget at gmail.com. That's the end of this episode. And I would like to thank BBC Audio and Penguin Random House for kindly supplying us with preview copies and to Smerin's Antisocial Club for the use of their version of the Doctor Who theme tune. The biggest thank you goes to you, our listeners.